Yo, you're listening to Two Not So Rad Dads, a weekly podcast about two dads who live on the same block and all the shit they deal with on a daily basis. We will discuss our struggles as parents and what it's like raising boys in today's society. We discuss the winter storm and how we barely survived the two inches of snow. A lot of ice, though. We'll talk about our kids a ton and then make a few jokes about them. We do this and a whole lot more while smoking weed together in a garage. I'm your co-host, JD. And I'm Billy. And this is episode eight. Eight! Of two two not-so-rad dads. But we're not in the garage. Today we're in my living room. Ooh, it's so warm. It is. It's warm. It's nice. I'm chilling on the couch. I have no shirt on. Yeah. A pair of short shorts and flip flops. It's like fucking summertime, baby. JD's totally naked. That's and... a great segue because guess oh. who's today's sponsor? <laughs> Who? Don't give them too much details. <laughs> this week's show is brought to you by the fine folks at Ted Cruz's Cruise Lines and Vacations. Are you cold without heat and electricity? Well, too fucking bad. Damn. At Ted Cruz's Cruise Lines and Vacations, they make sure to leave you out in the cold while they seek refuge from their own damn mistakes in exotic Cancun, Mexico. No, you won't be able to join Ted on this trip, but he does ask that you feed his dog for him. Use discount code to hell with you at checkout to receive two extra cold-ass nights for free. Damn, that was cold. That was cold. And with that, let's get into some weed. Weed, baby! You got anything special, Billy? Um, I am not even... I didn't smoke any weed. I It's like hitting me as the podcast is starting, actually. <laughs> the, I had to walk over there, turn down the mic, and now I'm sitting down, and I'm like, whoa, Nelly. I had some of that... What's that? ROI? ROS? Oh, yeah, that, that little resin stuff. Yes. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. Perry has been liking it to sleep at night, ah. but she just takes like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Of course, I always overdo it. And then I'm sitting over there like, hello, <laughs> is anyone home? <laughs> well, I might be there with you. I put, I made some new tincture right before winter storm hit with yeah, vodka. Yeah. And so I put some of that actually in a beer because I, I, I was telling you earlier, I find myself super irritable today. Oh, man. And yep. so I thought maybe a little uh, red can light lager from the fine folks at hop valley mixed with my tincture would uh set me straight i know here we are see we're getting so old that we're not smoking weed and everyone always says that i gotta stop smoking and just eat it or drink it right right? because it's not good for your lungs but i i will never stop smoking weed i love i love smoking something right i i have said in the past that i'm part dragon there you go. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Look, I've always got to, I got to breathe out some kind of smoke. Bart Dragon, baby. Yeah. So, hey, Billy. Yes. We had quite the week. We did have quite the week. Um, we lost our fucking power. Yeah. Sunday night at 630, right? Right. I mean, you're not even supposed to be here this week. Yeah, I'm not. I was supposed to record a Mindhunter podcast with Heath. But we couldn't record it because of my power, but also because Heath is having work done to his roof. Mm. So we couldn't do that. But the power thing, man, what? I mean, I'm still, I feel like I'm still recovering from it. I know we were talking about this earlier, man. That was just like such, it was, I, there was a part of me, I have to say, that felt disappointed in myself that i was so affected by losing the power yeah you know what i mean like and even like as like kind of being there for your family 
not the traditional like man takes care of the family because I don't really buy into that bullshit, right. but more just for the people you love, just realizing how dependent you are, you know, like, yeah. man, there's a reason so many people go off the grid and you know what I mean? It's that same kind of feeling where with increasing climate change and infrastructure in this country is terrible. I just, I do not see it getting better. Right. You know, right. I worry that like this is going to I mean, you hear about countries where they just have rolling blackouts all the time and yeah. the, the, the power just doesn't work right. And I feel like America, we obviously already have enough people who are dumb enough to live their lives. <laughs> and I mean, they voted for Trump, but they want the it's almost like they want to push the country in that direction. Right here, we are wanting wanting people to have socialized medicine. People have healthcare. People have jobs or subsistence or education, and it's like a battle against that. It's like they want the federal government and everything to fail, so we're all fucking growing potatoes in our backyard. Yeah, it's uh, the old versus the new is how yeah. I've really felt. Yep. Like I feel that they are so stuck in old ways that they're not willing to adapt, right? So, like, the whole uh, argument about coal and, like, being dependent on coal and then people being like, well, what are we going to do for jobs? And it's like, well, there there's an alternative to this energy and there's jobs in that alternative. And so, yes, we might have to do a little bit of schooling, but if we can embrace it, we're going to yeah. be way better off. You know, environmentally and with way more jobs. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's just uh, I mean, that's a whole like uh, once you start thinking about that, it's just like a clusterfuck. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But the main thing of uh, of us like right here, not having power was just a challenge to yourself. We both lit fires. Yep. In fireplaces that weren't supposed yeah. to have fires. <laughs> no. And not that it was like the fireplaces were decommissioned, but like I had bought in my home and I've had it for almost two or almost three years now. And we've never cleaned the chimney. And when we bought it, the guy's like, you better fucking clean this chimney before you light any fires. And so we're like, okay. So we never lit fires just because we like oh, that. We weren't okay. using that for yeah. our source. And then power goes out and how quickly you just kind of like put that behind you and go, yep. well, this is a matter of cold or hot. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with hot. Yeah, dude. It was. And, hey, I got to say, thank you. Oh, you gave me some firewood that I did. That was super awesome. You yes. stole it from your neighbor. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, it was originally mine. That's the thing. That's true. I, I had a whole shit when, when we uh, cleaned out the garage to make it into the ultimate video game and chill paradise soon mm -hmm. to be Lego and Lego city. Uh, I gave, I had to use the shed. So there was literally, I mean, hundreds of, it was all the way to like sick, like my height, the whole shed with wood. Yeah. And it was there for at least five years that we've been here. Right. Yeah. And I gave it to my neighbor and then he said, Hey, look, if anything ever happens, you need just, you could just grab it. Just take, come take it. It's yours too. Right. So I did it and gave some to you and lit a fire, which I had never done. I'm looking at the fireplace right now. But the problem is, is me and Lachlan are such like babies and we get like, we start coughing like with, and like Perry can't even wear perfume. 
Ah. Like when she puts on lotion that has a smell, I'm like, oh my God, you know, and so he doesn't. Mm. So now I feel like I can't breathe. Like I'm still coughing shit up. Interesting. From having this fire in my house. It was just, man, let me tell you, it's been a fucking week, dude. It has been a week, man. And I I don't know about you, but we fucking screamed and jumped up. There's a video I have, and maybe I should post it to our Instagram account of my whole family losing it as soon as the lights came on. We were all in the kitchen. I was getting ready to take the boys to ride bikes, which is another like crazy story of us trying to go to Lumberyard while we had no power just for warmth because it was like i mean you gave me a couple pieces of firewood our old sponsor and great friend Antonin had given me some firewood too but we were really counting on these days where we didn't have power to be able to go to other places and these other places weren't opening like restaurants weren't open for takeout it was like such a crazy kind of week and so it was finally like lumber yards like we don't have our phone lines up or our internet but someone gave us a puck so we can at least check people in come ride like they were so excited to be open and all the riders were super excited to be open so that was like our plan and so i'm like getting everyone together and we're all in the kitchen and all of a sudden the lights go on and me and erica throw our hands in the air and i'm just like yeah like I'm just shaking and almost crying and me and Erica are hugging each other. The boys are running around, <laughs> jumping up and down. It like, you know, it was as if day. we had like, yeah, like really like we had done something amazing and maybe we had like we had dealt with pa- no power from Sunday night until Wednesday afternoon and we have never dealt with that before yeah. and we were not prepared at all. All like not even fucking close. Yeah. It was a shocker, man. It was really we celebrated too. I ran outside and I yelled, "Hallelujah, the power's back!" And the the monkey lady, the lady who lives across the street from me, who has a monkey. True story. Whoa, she has a monkey in you, that house. You know the lady has. No, a, I did not know the monkey lady. You didn't know what I was talking about when I said the monkey lady. No, Dude, the the lady who lives right over there, the old lady has a monkey. Named Keisha. Keisha. And she walks it. What? How and, have I not yeah, seen her walking a monkey it, in the, the neighborhood? the monkey up and down here in a, in a baby carriage. Whoa. Yeah, she's had the monkey for like 20, no, 18 years. Whoa. Wait, so the monkey's an adult? Yeah, she. that's that's her monkey, dude. Does she's, the monkey smoke cigarettes? Uh, no, it doesn't. And is it going off to college? Uh, it's not going off to college. Oh, man. She's it just kind of hangs out. But, uh, man, that mm. was exciting, dude. That was so exciting when the lights went back on. Yeah. I was happy. But, like I said, it has since left me feeling a little on edge. Yeah. Like, I need to be more prepared for something like that. You know, by the way, we should bring in our guests to talk about the lights out with us. Let's do it. Hi, Marissa. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome. I feel like I just learned a lot about your guys' neighborhood, mainly uh, your resident monkey. Well, yeah. every, so. every neighborhood has one. <laughs> Milwaukee's going off. Yeah, well, it's an exotic place. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we... Hi, hello, Marissa. Welcome to the... Thanks so much. To not yeah. too rad dat. So what's it called again? Well, our show? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, but Marissa, I just want to welcome you as being the first uh, non-male uh, gendered yeah. uh, uh, guest. It's really That's exciting. Awesome. Um, give a little, ba- 
Go ahead. I've got Carhartts on and uh, menswear Nike shirts, so I don't know if that like contributes, oh, but um, I'm just I'm rocking the gender fluid parenting over here. Yeah, that's like great. It. That's great. I almost have on the same outfit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> me and Marissa have known each other since 2013 or 14, right? Yeah, Long right time? before I moved here. So yeah, yeah like 13. We um, got put together on a job to shoot. This is when I was shooting some fashion for this shoe company. And we were uh, trying out stylists. And Marissa came in as one of the stylists. And we did a shoot together. And literally from that day on, we like were like, oh, my God, we love each other. Let's hang out all the time. And so yeah. we kind of became good friends. And the best That's part awesome. was like I, I like introduced Marissa to Erica and me and Marissa had this like fashion thing photo thing in common and I introduced Marissa to my wife and Marissa and my wife hit it off better than I did with Marissa and like she like instantly became part of our family you know like we've spent Christmas mornings together we have spent we've been at um uh, life events life events together <laughs> life we've, events yeah we've done <laughs> we've done fun. a lot together and we've also kind of gone down the same or not the same but a similar discovery of our children's behavior yeah. and things that we've like learned about i i like hate to say a disability because it's not a disability it's just it's a, it's yeah. a difference right it's, I mean, um, if you were to talk to the government, they still definitely call it a disability, but I think we're definitely getting like better verbiage and wording around it, which I'm stoked about. So, yeah. yeah. But what, what have we learned about all of like how government and school views our children is like, yes. we have to like completely <laughs> advocate for oh, children yeah. more and the school will be like, well, you know, I don't really think that you need to do this. And you're like, no, we need mm-hmm. to do this, well, and we're going to do this now. Can I ask you guys, because yeah. that's what we're going to talk about, and that's why we brought Marissa on, is to talk about challenges that people have with their kids, and you all share uh, something. Yeah. And I was actually just talking about Lachlan, with Lachlan before, about what we were going to talk about mm-hmm. on the podcast mm-hmm. today. So... In what way are you framing this, JD? What, how do, you, how do you describe what challenge your children have? How it affects them? Mm-hmm. How you found out about it? Give us a little background of what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, both of our children are on the spectrum, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're all on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. But they're on a different side than we are. Or maybe not. I mean, I might be on the same spot. Shit, who knows? Um, but anyways, uh, my my son has sensory issues that puts him on the spectrum. So um, when he was a young kid, and we kind of talked about this before with his finger sucking, we took that away, and then all of a sudden he had no way of controlling himself. And through that, we found occupational therapy to help him deal with these outbursts. Um, I really wasn't even sure what we were doing. And my wife's like, we got to take him to this. And I'm like, why? And then after going and learning more about it, I understand why it's really important. And um, Xander, when they first examined him, what they did is they stretched his Achilles heel. And they noticed that when they stretched his Achilles heel, his knee pops up. And so the lady, the occupational therapist is like, do you notice that? And I was like, yeah, but what's that about? And she's like, that is a sign that he's in constant fight or flight. 
His Achilles Whoa. heel is 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 um is oh my god, Nico's at the front door. My son is pulling up on his bicycle right now. This is going to be great. Hey, Nico, we're doing the podcast. <laughs> we're recording the podcast, buddy. Can we? Well, what a great time. Where's your mom? <laughs> he should be at home. Yeah, you should be at home. I'm going to text Erica and let her know. Um, you great. should go home, pal. <laughs> but... um Anyway, so they stretched his Achilles heel and that and and seeing that his knee buckles is means that his Achilles heel is tight and your Achilles heel is tight is tied into your fight or flight syndrome. So if you have a tight Achilles heel, then you and this is like based off of how they're testing children is that he's in a constant state of fight or flight. And if you know that when you're in that mode, that is a very uncomfortable mode. But is this is this a um, does he ha- is it like a, a brain chemistry thing or is is it? A yeah, it's a neurologic. It's considered okay. a neurological. Okay. I understand. Thing. Yeah. So it's like his body is it's it's not a psychological thing. Like we couldn't talk to him and make it better. He no. has to do physical work. Yep. Okay. And Marissa's. Or how about how does Marissa? Yeah, so Zara um, is thirteen now. uh, Diagnosed when they were twelve, and um, I I do find it interesting just the differences in when our our kids were diagnosed because that there is quite a divide between like female identifying or assigned at birth kiddos and like male identifying and boys being diagnosed. Yeah. I think it's much I've earlier for boys. That. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm. expected it's getting, much more in boys. So they look for it. Whereas yeah. in girls they don't. Right. When girls are going through like social stuff, that's when it really like becomes apparent. And that's how we ended up getting a diagnosis is I think fifth grade. Um, the teacher that Zara had, it, and again, it's like, it's like JD was talking about with advocating for your kids. Like sometimes you get lucky with somebody that's around your kid all day. And that happened to be Zara's fifth grade teacher. And he had been, um, previously he had been the campuses like, um, like, uh, special ed's not the right word anymore, but the, that point person. So he recognized it and he said, Hey, you might consider this. So we went through the process initially for some other stuff. Um, and then, it came back around, redid the process again, and went through our insurance for a diagnosis, which is autism for Zara. Um, and it's, you know, it's a spectrum. So I, I don't really even know like where at in the spectrum they are because everybody, it presents differently for everyone. Like, like Xander and Zara absolutely get along and have no issues like communicating or flowing together. But right. I think they definitely different, like have like what you're saying for, for Xander is very different for Zara. So right, that's yeah. one of the things that I've heard about, and when I've talked to other people, um, is that uh, it's it's like, for instance, you could say my son has what we have a challenge we have to deal with. They have a broken foot, yeah. right? Their foot's broken. This mm-hmm. is how we go about it. Mm-hmm. But with what we're talking about with this spectrum, it is a spectrum. So each kid behaves differently and needs individualized different attention. Mm-hmm. And that in itself presents such a challenge because like 
I, as I came into this podcast, I expected you two all to be vibing and me to have nothing to say. Of course, I have to talk, but Dude, you always have something to say. That's true. But I can see I had not considered that you two. I'm going to hit the hit the buzzer for the dog. Yeah. We're having we, we, a lot. We, do, of we got things kids, going on. Yeah, we got dogs. kids, dogs. This is like one of the best podcasts we've ever done. The living room makes it tough. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting. I had not considered that. I had heard that. But then it's not on top of mind. Is that something that you two talk about a lot? That even though it's something that's different, your kids may may act differently or it's different challenges. It's just overall you're in that same kind of area yeah, of having I think to figure it out. We check into each other, right? It's like, yeah. it's like hey, how's, how's things going for you? I think that's yeah. what's beautiful about our relationship is it is one of those relationships that's not like – Oh, dude, I did it. It's like, oh my God, how are you feeling? Let's (laughs) talk about how we're feeling. It's not like, it's not a relationship built off the bar or built off of a hobby. It's literally a relationship that's been built off of family. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like our relationship is really built off of family. Uh, When Marissa kind of came into my life, I had just married Erica and she was just divorcing her husband at that time or Zara's fairly shortly. Yeah. yeah, Or kind of leaving Zara's dad and was uh, a single mom and dealing with custody. I don't want to go too much into Marissa's story without her permission, but we, she, we like we were always talking about family yes. from the very beginning and like how our children were either driving us up the wall or we were fighting so hard to love them. And so yeah. our, our, we're, we're, we're constantly checking in. So yeah, it's like, oh, what, like when, when you found out that Zara uh, was a, uh, diagnosed diagnosed with autism i mean we talked about that almost right away right it was like yeah we're getting tested we're doing these yeah. things because we were going through occupational therapy and we were kind of talking about how we did those things so yeah i think it's, it's i think you guys were a little bit ahead of us because you had you who were discussing and i mean for xander again it's, it was a different experience so i didn't immediately recognize it's like oh that seems to be something that my own kid is going through because we met before having diagnoses for our kids. Right, right. Um, I think we both had an understanding, especially I think when you guys had Nico to kind of compare different kids to. Every mm-hmm. kid's going to be different. But, um, you know, for myself, just being like, it just, just being Zara and I for a while, it didn't seem to me that Zara would be anything else than what they were. Right. Um, so then kind of getting different perspectives and like bouncing stuff off you guys was super helpful. I think it is kind of to answer kind of your question, Billy, it is a little challenging, I think, to talk about because it isn't something that, you know, this, I mean, there needs to be better conversations around destigmatizing these kinds of things because it's like, I should feel fine talking about it, but it presents a whole new level of challenges to go, okay, I need to rethink kind of raising my kid. Um, And then you also go, oh my gosh, if I had known this since they were born, I would have raised my kid differently and had different grace for them, different grace for myself. So um, I think it's awesome to have JD and Erica. And then we have some other friends who have a, a, a child in the same age range as Zara to, to talk to. And just like, I don't have to explain anything to them or like be worried that they're going to like misunderstand. Right. Um, but then also it's like, I wish we had a more uh, neurodiverse uh, informed and accepting society and world. And 
So that's hard as a parent to go. I got to send my kid out here knowing that, you know, there's not going to be the same grace given that we try and give them. Right. Yeah. We're trying to start that grace, right? I mean, totally. It's like conversations like this. Like I thought that this, I wanted to have this conversation with you because I thought it was so important to share with yes. the, the hundreds of thousands of listeners, of listeners that we have yeah. every day, <laughs> every moment, <laughs> I mean, we're touching the world. I read it. I read a stat that at every moment of the day, someone is streaming this podcast. Wow, it's yeah, beautiful. this is great. Stuff. I mean, this it's me the in the bedroom, want. but I, I didn't want <laughs> to mention repeating. that to the statistician. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's. I think I think you're right. It is hard. It's like I find myself talking with. You know, Xander's at the bike park and I feel like I have to share that he has sensory issues. And then I'm like, why do I have to share that? And it's yeah. like, it's almost like a defense mechanism for when I see him do something. I think that's a, see, to me, I mean, I think that that is a very natural thing because as a society, and we see this in so many different ways where we're beginning to talk about things that traditionally were kept behind closed doors Right. That there is there is sometimes oversharing and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like and the the old idea of okay, I am this but it doesn't define me, right? Right. Yep. Is something that is in 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 reality up to the individual. Mm-hmm. Right? That's totally. entirely up to the individual. You can't speak for a group like someone can't say I say as this, you can't define us. You can't yeah. say that. You can only say for one person. And people have problems with that because we tend to group things. It makes it easier, you know, but I do, I find it interesting because I, as a creative person and an artist, I've always felt like I thought differently, even when I was a kid, you know? So, and when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with ADHD or they, what they didn't call it back in 1979, they called it, I was hyperactive, right. right? I was hyperactive. And then when I was five or four, I was, yes. F- what grade are you in when you're in first grade? Six or six, or, six seven. or seven. Okay. I was six or seven. They, uh, and I have all this documentation. Uh, they were giving me tests because they thought that I was uh, developmentally handicapped. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have like my mom kept all the shit. And then if you jump a year ahead, they're testing me for gifted and talented <laughs> and asking whether or not I should skip a grade. Now I got to ask, okay, did you win most improved that year. I don't know what I probably, I probably won drunk dad got kicked out of the house <laughs> is what I won. Okay. Okay. That's what I won. That would probably make a hell of a um, difference. Yes. Big price. Yeah. And so this is what I'm trying to say, right? Which is for me, it was that it was my home was affecting my development, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, but even after that, and they wanted to, the smart stuff, and I think, and I've had been in therapy and they've told me I had different other type of spectrum like things right um after it was also like accelerated because of that other stuff Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm. 
So this drew me more towards the arts and thinking about different people. And so it just makes me think my, with my own thought, with my own experiences, um, how this idea of how do we talk about it and become like neurodiversity, which is a guy, are you familiar with a guy named Steve Silberman? Mm-mm. I'm not. You guys should look him up. He is, yeah. a, he used to be a, um, student of, uh, Gosh, his name escapes me. Who's the the beat poet? Allen Ginsberg. Okay. He was a student of Allen Ginsberg. He was also Robert Hunter, the guy who wrote all the lyrics for The Grateful Dead. He was Mm -hmm. like best friends with him. Actually, he wrote a couple dead songs, I think, or he was Mm. a big groupie. But he he wrote a book on neurodiversity, and I wish I could remember the name of it, um, but he's so awesome. And uh, one of the things that he always talks about and like kind of says things is like, there's so many stupid people in the world, but we don't give them a special name, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't say, like, when some moron walks in the middle of the street constantly because they're a (laughs) moron and they think they can do whatever they want, right? Right. We don't have a special name for that. But yeah. we have these special names for, right? You know what I'm saying? And it's like right. we treat it differently instead of just coming up with the basic idea of this. Every person's different. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Every person's different. You yeah. just can't generalize people. You can't. You can't do right. it. And you can't change them. And that's something that I've learned too is like Xander started occupational therapy. And I was like, we've been in this six months. Why is he still doing this stuff? And then, yeah. you know, and then I, ta- I as even, if there's an end point, right? And then I'm talking to, to the get therapist, to normal, right? And I'm talking to the therapist the other day, and I'm bringing something up, and she and uh, about how Xander sometimes can't show compassion. Xander ah. cannot apologize, right? His apology is fine, sorry, you know, but it's not like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Xander, I'm sorry, you know, it's not or like Nico. I'm really sorry that I hit you with that. Will you forgive me? It, it's not. It's like, oh, Nico, sorry, God, don't get mad at me that I yeah. hit you in the face. <laughs> and so I was talking to the therapist about that, and she's like, "You have to teach him, teach him, yeah. and constantly remind him because his brain does not work in that way. He's going to have to remember." to be compassionate. He's going to have to remember to think about other people where to other people that comes naturally. Yeah. But see, but this is what I disagree with. I do not think that comes naturally to other people. Hmm. I, I dispute that. Look at the world. 70 million people voted for a guy with no empathy. How does well, that come naturally? But that's not, you know that I'm doesn't like, mean that those people don't have empathy. That's uh, that is going back to the moron in the street. <laughs> that is uh, that but is. But I mean, it's all like those people. Everybody, who, it's you're trying to get it. The book, the book's called Neuro Tribes: The Legacy, the Legacy of Autism, and the Future of Neurodiversity. Ooh, that does sound like a good. And, let's put that that's on going on the, the top of my yeah, list. And let's is, put that in the show. Uh, the oh, show I, notes I will because I love this dude. Um, he he's really cool. But that's kind of like the idea is that because of a certain form of, I mean, I'll say what I think it is, Judeo-Christian thinking, that you are somehow born with something, right? Mm -hmm. Empathy or compassion or love or lack thereof, right? Or the need to be something else other than what you are when you are born or what you exist as is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to... Um, 
you everyone has to learn empathy. Everyone has to learn love. Everyone has to learn. Learning is what we do. You're not born with it. I, I really kind of dispute that. I think basically the only thing people are born with is eat shit and, and love, which is really security. Right, mm, as Safety. opposed to like like love, love, but yeah, more I think you like, have to learn how to love. Yeah. I think you have to learn how to be compassion. And what happens is when people don't see that in their child, they see them as the other. What, right, what's wrong there's with something you? something's missing. Yeah, what's wrong with you? You're you're one of those people that doesn't have compassion, right? Like, yeah, and then you start to worry that your kid's like a sociopath or something. Yeah, that's what oh, I was just going to say. A serial killer. Yeah, I can't. I can't even count on my hands and toes how many times me and Erica have been like, "Oh my God, is he a sociopath?" <laughs> well, and maybe. And what? it's because of it's because of those ideas of us being like, why can't he have compassion? And it's and what it is, we wouldn't we probably wouldn't think any other way if it was just Xander. If we just had Xander, we wouldn't. But we right. have a second child. There you go. And his name is Nico. And yeah. Nico <laughs> is a lover. Nico has compassion. Nico like wants to cuddle and he wants to be loved. And that's the complete opposite of Xander. And so from the beginning of Xander's journey through um, our discovery of his neurological issues, it's that they're not issues. I got to really work on that. Um, The way he is, we could see night and day between the two kids. And so it was like, Erica would be like, look at Nico and look at Xander and look at the difference. That's why we need to like focus on Xander and get him some help. And that's what made me realize to bring him up to, to bring him to Nico speed to bring. What about, what about this though? What if Nico senses what's happening with Xander and is trying to overcompensate? mm, And so you have those two differences. Well, Nico was young enough that we that I don't think that he had that opportunity but mm-hmm. now what we notice is Nico changing his behavior to mimic Xander's. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, interesting. So Nico now cuz so me Xander and Nico are getting into the truck to go to school one morning and Xander tells Nico uh dad's going to drive you off a cliff or something like <laughs> I hope I hope you I hope dad drives you off a cliff or said something really mean about Nico dying essentially and yeah. Xander like saying it and like laughing and it hurt Nico and Nico went to his teacher and told her and so it's her the teacher calls us or texts us a couple days and's like hey we just want to like mention this thing that happened and let you know and that Xander said these things to Nico and from that moment on, something switched to Nico. It's almost like Nico realized that Xander doesn't love him. And he started to bring it up all the time. And we'd be like, Nico, you've got to like, you got to, you got to like share with your brother or something like that. And he goes, why? He doesn't even love me. And oh, he would bring it up so often and he was so hurt by it. And now oh. he's. He's like changed from this really mm. loving kid to always being upset and grumpy, but not because he's actually upset and grumpy, but because he sees the attention that Xander gets from being upset and grumpy yeah, of tough. me yeah. going to his room and talking to him, me trying to hold him or change his energy. And so now Nico's just like, he tells me all the time, you're an idiot dad i hate you and do you know what he got that from Lachlan called you an idiot one day in the street 
And ever since that day, Nico's used that as his oh, number man. one weapon against me. It's always Lachlan's fault. It's not. Oh, it's, no, it's not. But it's just. It's funny I was how gonna, easy the kids oh, I know, reflect oh, on no, each other and make the other like change them that yeah, way. You know. Yeah, and especially brothers. Marissa, do you have just you have one daughter, or do you how many children do you have? It's just yeah. It's just Z. Okay. Uh, so okay. yeah. Again, I kind of just like our experience has been so insulary. Yeah. Well, that's and, us too. I, I, we have right. one son. Yeah. You just one. Yeah. So you kind of go, I mean, it's nice that you guys have the neighbor kids to kind of compare to. And with Zara, it, it really just, I kind of figured it out with, uh, like school peers, but I'm not mm. witnessing that. So mm. early on, early on, Zara was, um, like I had like a speech thing happening. So we were doing speech therapy which I feel like sometimes is the route they take girls down. And they had briefly mentioned some cognitive testing, but it was like, it's not really a concern. Hmm. And it, you know, it bums me out a lot because I go, wow, we would have had so much more information and a different outlook had we had that and gotten that sooner. But totally, uh, yeah. So within, within our own environment, um, I don't have that dynamic, but sometimes, you know, I wish there was that dynamic, but again, you know, we, we have what we have. So figuring that out. Um, it's interesting, Billy, that you said you were diagnosed with ADHD because I just got diagnosed in my mid thirties with that after mm-hmm. seeing Zara's diagnosis and kind of like immersing myself in that world and learning as much as I can to be a support to my kiddo. And more and more I go, Oh, right. <laughs> oh shit. Right. But it makes it, you go, it starts to make so much sense. Like totally. I've had a whole like emotional roller coaster about the whole thing. But um, I mean, it comes down to like, this is our world and it's always been our world. So just kind of adjusting the lens, adjusting the lens. And if anything, like the knowledge that comes with a diagnosis has been super helpful because right. it doesn't feel there's a, there's a more, uh, I, I just, you know, JD, you said this about like loving your child and like struggling to understand how to do that in the way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would feel hopeless sometimes because it's like, why isn't this working? <laughs> like yeah. the, right. yeah. the regular, like, you know, I hate the atypical versus uh, typical idea, but like the typical normal way of parenting doesn't always work when your kids like, like we, <laughs> I have a specific memory of being at like our a local beach park and there's somebody had like a blow up shark, like one of those, like you take it into the water, like a dolphin type of thing, mm-hmm. uh, like a blow, like a floaty. And it, Zara was four at the time. I'm there by myself. Uh, and she grabs it and says, this is mine. I'm like, actually, it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I recognize what you're talking about, Billy, when you say that's learned, like compassion and love is learned stuff. Because she was like, I don't give a fuck that this is somebody else's shark. So she's screaming at the top of her lungs at this crowded beach with all these other moms who I'm like trying to fit in with my shark, like screaming, (laughs) (laughs) like hauling my kid off, you know, and trying to under one arm while she's like, like this plastic floaty shark can't be ripped away from her. It's like three times her body. Um, So all these different things come back now and I go, oh, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You said something that made me think about like it, like getting the diagnosis later on in your child's life. And you think back to like, Oh my God, all those times that I yelled at my child yes. that I probably wouldn't have if I would right. have known this information or, 
You yeah, know. but I think I think also though, just to make you feel better about that, Thank is you. everybody <laughs> feels that way, right? Like, I mean, I would yeah. the first thing you came in, I was just talking. We talked about being in the grouchy moods, and I was talking to my friend Arif before we started this podcast, and he was like, "What's up, man?" I was like, "God, man, I just finished yelling at my kid. I feel terrible about it." Right. You know, and he was like, oh, what did he do? I was like, what do you think he did? Right. He did something <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you know, like, what you, like, but it's the it's the it's the reaction. Right. You want to try to turn it into a learning thing. You want right. to show compassion and empathy and try to show your kid, hey, I'm not just yelling at you to intimidate you. Right. I'm yelling because to show you the frustration I have or the importance of what I'm trying to communicate. You know, because Lachlan and I have, we talk about it all the time. We'll sit down and talk, I'll say, you know, I'll say, I, I, I'll say to him, how can I communicate better to you, kid? So I don't like when you yell or you do something like that, you know, <laughs> and I'll say, okay, well then you have to do this. But the thing is, he's a kid and he's going to then do it again, forgetting we had that. Right, right, <laughs> it's right, difficult, right. right? And then you feel bad about it. So. I mean, every kid is different, and the I think that having a diagnosis is helpful because there are, with every kid different, there is a difference. Like, mm -hmm. I can remember Lachlan saying something's mine, but when I told him it's not yours, he would say, oh, okay, it's not mine. Right. Right? He was able to let go of that. Right. Okay? And there are many children who are not. Right. And, you know, and I was a kid who was not able to let go and I would have rages and, you know, mm -hmm. all this stuff that I could not control myself. It was beyond my own control. Welcome you to know? the spectrum. Yeah. And that's, yes. that's important <laughs> to understand that, that it does take extra work. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's why I like that Steve Silverman guy in particular, because when I, uh, Later, when I was in different therapies and got diagnosed with a host of, I mean, I don't want to go through them. I can't even remember all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it did make me feel better in a sense, but um, because it, you can say, you, there's like kind of a way where you can kindly kind of, it, it does feel good to fit into that, Right. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of a catch 22. Mm -hmm. You want to say, well, hey, everybody's different. Everybody has their challenges, but it also does feel good to fit into people that have a similar experience of the general feeling of being out of control, of not knowing how to deal with the situation. You know, right. that's what you're really sharing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. Is that feeling of like, what? What is this? Right. Mm -hmm. you know? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. What, am I doing it wrong? Right. Am I doing it right? You know? But it's interesting to hear you both talk about this. What ways do you find for your daughter? What, what are some of the changes that you made or the changes I, like that you had to make in your lifestyle or mm -hmm. whatever that kind of made things work easier for you? We got really organized. Um, and that's not something that I am definitely like, that's not my strong suit, but I have also learned that I thrive with that. 
So Zara does really well if, um, if they know when things are going to happen because for, for Zara, like her spectrum stuff looks like I need to know something's going to happen. Like you told me it was going to happen and don't change that thing from happening or I'm going to freak out. Right. And I would say I'm the same, but I have learned how to like, I've had to adapt out of like necessity as an adult in job settings and things like that. So we've got a big old calendar that's color coded by each member of the family. And, uh, I mean, if if something happens on a different date or doesn't happen, Zara will be the first person to point it out. Be like, (laughs) you said seven 30 on Saturday, not six on a Friday. So it's, you know, they hold me accountable. Um, and then environmentally too, you had said something about that earlier, Billy, that really, I mean, like that makes sense for us. We just had to like, I just strive for peace in the household. So not, not escalating things. Um, you know, if, if Zara is like showing their frustration through like door slamming, you know, cause they're 13. So there's going to be some of that, which is just typical teenage stuff too. Um, not re not like responding in kind because I want to be like, Oh yeah, well I can be louder and yell more than you can. And being oh, like, yeah. no, that's not, that's, that's not going to help the situation. Yep. That's <laughs> so, tough. Yeah. I the other so, night was yelling yeah. at Xander and said, "Don't yell!" And <laughs> I'm not going to yell at you either. And or something, you know, like I said, it was yeah. something like yeah. I was yelling was, at him, yes. and then I realized, but I'm yelling yeah. at you, Dude. and like I'm like, what am I doing here? Yep, yep, and and kids yeah. are so good. That organization thing, I just have to say before I lose a train of thought, is yeah. that I find that that's so important, like. When I mean, I find that with myself, with Lachlan, I have friends. I mean, I know a guy who wasn't until he was in his 30s that he figured out, hey, I got to change something about myself and I'm not. And it was and it was organizing things. It was like admitting I need to know when something's going to happen. I need to look forward to it, have achieve it and move past it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, and I, and if I don't set a time that I do something, I'm not going to do it. Yep. Yep. You know? And mm. like things like that structure. Yeah. That kind of lending a structure. You know, my mom used to have, there was some saying of like a structure to a confused mind or something. Like she would say that to me. Hmm. Like, that's what I needed. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause I was thinking of a million things. You need to right. focus. You know, and set the structure. Um, that's interesting because our world is so, and just to kind of move into something I wanted to bring up and with to ask both of you about this, which is a lot of these diagnoses center around attention, right? Um, response to stimuli, overstimuli. How do you... Um, think or what are your opinions on with your experience with your children but also in society don't you feel in a bit that we're all overstimulated we all suffer a bit from attention deficit disorder you know I mean I see parents walking two of them looking at their phone while the kids like looking up at them you know what I'm saying and it's I, I feel kind of like do you and not to get into like a kind of a spiritual or even say uh, conspiratorial thinking, but do you think that, do you ever think these, some of these more diagnosis and these kids, we see it more, we're like talking about it. 
is a part of a larger thing that our society is going through where we're changing as people in some way? Because to me, I kind of just think that way. Or am I just crazy? No, I think, I, yeah, ahead, I mean, yeah. short, short answer, yes. Like, please make it spiritual and a little conspiratorial because <laughs> my brain's always there anyway. That's what I'm like, here for. You're like, there's got to there's got to be something more. There's got to be something yeah. different. And I I definitely think like the diagnoses are is exacerbated by all the screen time and even like for Zara, they're not doing occupational therapy, but they were doing ABA therapy which basically teaches them like social skills. And they were mm. one of them to be on the screen for 10 hours a week on top of distance learning. And oh, I finally wait, said, was that because that was the only way to do the learning? Sure. Right now yeah. Was through a screen. yeah. But yeah, I, yes, I feel your it's same. Catch 22. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, the screen time absolutely affects how Zara operates. Um, I mean, they have some cool stuff they do, like they create videos and stuff and they're, they want to have like a YouTube channel and they know how to do stop motion. So in that, it's really cool as an outlet, but like they are not allowed to have social media or anything that gives you that like craving more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I absolutely think that like, I mean, with, with the power being out, that's when you really notice, oh my God, I mm-hmm. need constant stimulation and mm-hmm. I can't get it and I don't want to read a book because I don't remember how. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I had this um, kind of spiritual um, person that I was seeing. Like, I don't want to say she was my mentor, but it was someone that me and Erica would do monthly chats with, with a small group. I, I brought up the, the our group, Rich and Delicious. It was yeah. like that group. Her name is Tatiana. And we do these phone calls and... Um, she would do these, or these workshops. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of losing my thought as I'm thinking about her. She would do these workshops. And one of these workshops was about sex that me and Erica went to. And she invited one of her um, clients or whatnot uh, to the conversation who was autistic. And mm-hmm. he came in and and right away I noticed that there was something different between him and me. You know, and mm. um, I, I say this and I'm realizing that it was probably in a judgy way of being like, oh, you're like a little different. Like he showed up in his bike riding gear and he went to the corner of a, the room and just took his bike riding gear off all the way down to like his underwear and then put on new clothes. <laughs> but he didn't do that in a bathroom. He didn't do mm-hmm. that in another room. He just did that with everyone. And no one was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Because the environment that we were at was one of like openness. We were all going to share some really fucking heavy shit in this talk. And so we, we everyone was open for each other. So, so it was you might just as well like, whip out your dicks. Yeah. And it wasn't, <laughs> but it wasn't like that. It was just like, huh, that's interesting. And then so she brings him into the class and she introduces him and she starts to talk about him and she says, he's autistic. And that I believe this is the next group of human beings. Oh, uh, okay. That's that where these okay. people are. Our, our next, our, our, our future us, that yeah. they are different. They handle yes. things in a different way, but it's because it's for like this future. And so he talks about love. Gender has never had anything to do with his sexuality. It's not right. like, it's not that I'm attracted only to vaginas. It's that I'm attracted to love and yeah. sex. Mm-hmm. And t- to him, it's like, I don't get why you guys don't want it from everyone. Like, 
there's so much more if you do it this way, you know? And so his understanding of sex was something completely different, but his sex wasn't love. His sex was, was sex for something different and not like, I'm here to I'm here to connect with oh, you. There's but then no you're connection. That she was relating it to this idea, which many people do, right? I mean, gosh, it's like the conservative nightmare that we're yeah. moving to like a future of like non-gendered people who are who see the world in a different way. Just like mm-hmm. you're talking about, like the yeah. next step, right? Right. Of, of like now that I I want to bring it up, and I'm glad you brought it up too. But in a sense, though, see, when you start talking about there's a little voice in my head that says to me, but are you in a sense then kind of um, what's oh, gosh, like you, you in, a, in a sense, you're kind of like taking the agency away from the person's experience and making it into something like mystifying them in a sense, right? Ah. You see what I mean? Like, like, like othering? Yeah, exa- exactly. Like uh, like Lenny, right? I'm going to pet the bunny. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, is he yeah. like, you know, the magical cre- uh, story, uh, character who is, you know, like Stephen King, the guy in the stand. Mm-hmm. You right. know what I mean? Like, is the, are you really kind of, is that your own way of dealing with like to reverse it like it's not a deficit it's a miracle and they're the miracle people do you see what i mean uh, like, right but i th- but what's wrong with that that's a good question <laughs> i right. mean like, i don't know i'm just bringing i'm just trying to explore time, it, you know? we're like dealing or i'm personally dealing with this idea that like my son and i'm going to say this and it might make me cry is different you right. know and I, and is he different? No, like maybe we're the ones that are fucked. Okay, see, yeah, you know what I mean. I, like, yeah, what's wrong with yeah. us being I, I fucked, and saying. they're being the ones that like <laughs> are like, yeah, you know, like you guys are shitting on us, but we're really the next kings. You know, well, like, you got to think too. Like, as you were watching this guy just undress in the corner, my thought is this: I wish I could do that. Exactly. As, yes, that's as the thing. Watch, right? That's interesting. As I've been watching right, Zara, yeah. right? Like I look at Zara, and I was like, it, it more and more, I realized, like, <laughs> again, talking about crying, but like, I, I think I'm also on the spectrum, and I have had to learn to mask that shit because, especially like for girls on the spectrum the world is not kind to us and i was that kid i was the weirdest fucking kid and i did the things like walked on my tiptoes all the time and like when my my mom was pregnant with my uh younger brother this woman said are you excited for your baby brother and your mom's tummy and i said it's her uterus (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck you lady you know and i just like i have started to go i've given myself permission as much as I can in some settings to go, what do I actually want to do? What do I actually like? What is the proper response? What is the empathetic response? What is the socially acceptable response? And what is like, what would my kid do? You know, and just as much as Zara has learned to like give hugs and like be empathetic and those kinds of things, it's like, how can I kind of unlearn some of that? And just like, it's, that's a great, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I never thought about that, but that's interesting because you think like, um, if you do think about it that way, you could say that that's just less attachment to bullshit. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> like, right? Like, and if this wow. past year has and, taught us anything, yeah. like, we need less bullshit yeah. and less uh, attachment yeah. to yeah. it. That's it. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. But I like what you said, JD. Like, why? Who cares if you thought it that way? Because if you extrapolate and it's like some sci fi story where, like, you know, the world decides that that's the truth, that we right. need to become more like that and less like we are. Right. Right. What would happen? Would the world really be that much worse than it is today? No, but I bet you the social services would be a hell of a lot better. Like this is on my. That's why I have a problem. I have just had a problem. And when we we covered the show Westworld, Mm -hmm. and I always say this on Westworld, people are like, "That's not a real person. That's an android or something." And I'm like, "Motherfucker, have you met other people? They are dumb as shit." Like what right. makes you think that you have to ha- like they have to pass the Turing test to be better than that schmuck or down the street? Like I just think people are so diverse, it, especially especially when it comes to their emotional and intellectual like uh, gra- intelligence, not intelligence, but like uh, level or whatever mm-hmm. spectrum that. I just have kind of always thought about it that way. Like that person to say that person is different. Yeah. Maybe you say, okay, they're different than the average person. Right. But there's so much of a difference within the average itself. (laughs) Like I, you know, we all, how many times have you met a person and you're like, how do they even, how are they still alive? <laughs> like, how did they, how did they last this long? Yeah. One of the things that my father told me when I was um, going to drive and I was scared, right? And I was a little scared of driving. And he said, Billy, look around you. And he just like pulled over and he's like, look at that dumb motherfucker over there. <laughs> You you think he can drive all day and night and it's his job and you can't drive? And he was like, think better of some, yourself. That's some solid dad wisdom. You know? Wow. And I was like, you know what, right? You're right, dad. Like, there are so many people that can do it, right? Or like having kids, you know? Like when I was worried about, how, like mm-hmm. when we all uh, get yeah. worried, right? How am I going to be a good parent? Am I a good parent now? And then you like... Just go to any McDonald's and you will walk out feeling like you are the best fucking parent that ever lived because you're going to see some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I guess that's just like you're there is I'm not trying to say I'm I'm in no way trying to say there is no autism. There is no spec. No, I'm not trying to say that at all or we shouldn't scientifically group it and analyze it. No, but I'm just saying in a general way, um, we can feel a certain sense of unity in the fact that this spectrum really includes all of us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and more, the more as we we're talk ta- about you're it. saying it, Marissa, I'm saying it right. We're all, we all see it in ourselves and our mm-hmm. children, you know, and it's like what you said, Marissa about, um, lear- like when I, uh, one of the things when I first, when a lot of people first learned about autism or things like that, you hear people say, well, what I do is I copy people. I don't really feel that way, right? But I, in order to get along in society, I had to learn to fake it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? And to fake my empathy and to fake my charm and to fake. And I started to think to myself, but who doesn't do that? 
You know what I mean? Like in a sense, every behavior we have is learned like that, right? It's just a cognitive, you're, you're, you're cognizant of your cognitive process. I guess what I want to know is most people are not. Who decided the standard though? Like, what are we all trying to achieve to represent like, you know, if like visiting people from another planet were to come here, like, what is the ideal, like, citizen of earth look like and why do we try at least okay the american person because we're all americans here like what is that standard and why are we trying to achieve it and who said we have to in order to get from like a to b in our lives you know like right why do we have to like our parents made that standard right just like we're making that standard for them well it's just out of safety and security right totally yeah you know and systems in order for systems to work we have to we have no other choice to do it. But that's like you saying, it makes me think like we're trying to change all these autistic kids to get along with regular people. Maybe we should say, no, yeah. those people are better at this type of job or in this situation. Instead of trying to right. change, it's trying to let everyone have their own space where they feel comfortable. You yeah, know what I'm saying? As we're talking about freedom. this, I keep I can't help but keep thinking like that I'm learning Oh, as parents, we all have to look and focus on our kid, yeah. not yeah. the other kid down the street and not even your other child. Yeah. But look at Great your point, kid. JD. Yeah, each and kid is how do I communicate with you that you can understand and you can learn? And how do I work with you? to make to help you grow as opposed to being like why don't you do what fucking kellen does why don't you Mm -hmm. do what lachlan does why can't you be like nico why can't you be like this why can't you be like like, or don't be like them right or don't be exactly or don't be like them as opposed to acting like him exactly stop acting like lachlan oh dude i i say it all the time at the house (laughs) i say it whether it's like don't act like lachlan or don't act like xander yeah like i say that to Nico and to Xander both, you know? And so it's like, I, I can't help but think like, oh, I've got to stop and I've got to look and pay attention. And like, yes, there, is, there has been these diagnoses, but that doesn't change him from being a human being that, for one, I'm responsible for and that I'm helping grow. And so instead of me fighting with you constantly to try to make you something that you're not going to be. I've just got to let you be who you are, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah, man, it's life brother. And, uh, I was trying to think of who is like the, an alien would have a typical, who would it be? <laughs> I was going to say Brad Pitt. Oh, oh yeah. But no, cause it would have to be somebody that's like, an everyday American. So it'd be like, it'd be like, like a Tom Hanks. It'd be Anthony. Tom Hanks. No, no, no. It'd be fucking Anthony from McDonald's oh, or yeah. Walmart <laughs> down the street. That's okay. like, got a high yeah. school degree. Yeah. Took a couple college classes. That's I mean, you're right. describing me. So be careful. There you go. Right. <laughs> so her name's Marissa. That's what the aliens I'm here. Around. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. This is good talk guys. But yeah, I, I just think it's, it's important that for us parents to, you know, like whether your child is diagnosed with ADHD or is an excelled student that we all have to just focus on them and learn how to 
communicate with them solely and not think that that's how we communicate with everybody. Yeah. Just like I can't have these conversations with you, Billy, and have these conversations with Jason. Like we don't, me and me and Jason don't communicate like that, you know. And I've learned how to talk to Jason. You mean Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth? Yes, who, who lives just right around the corner. <laughs> and I gotta like say, your window. I, I also gotta stop and say I have seen somebody walk by your windows what? twice now with a stroller, and there's a baby in that fucking stroller. So I don't it's know if I monkey? believe your monkey oh, story. It's not the monkey. No, there is. I'm telling you, it is you. an ugly baby in that stroller. Oh, I but I don't pictures. know if it's a monkey. I have pictures. Of the monkey lady. Um, oh, but you know what? One thing I one one last thing I did want to mention is what I like about this too, and what what I like about what you all are saying is that same thing about like something being a part of you but not defining you unless you want it to, unless you unless exactly. that's what you choose. Because I, you know, I think there is a culture, especially in America and on social media of people maybe being a little bit into the fact that their kid is diagnosed with this or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying you can't be into it or you're in a group or you really want to get the word out. Hey, that's cool. You be into what you want to be into. But I just think that there's also a place for people who choose not to have it to make it all be into yeah. it. Right. You know what I mean? Cause it can be good either way and it should be accepted either way. Because I think I, w- I could see from just putting myself in your shoes for a moment, some sort of pressure to be, you know, like the, the, uh, like the P flag parent or something, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I got to join the group now, you know? Right. Um, and, and maybe saying, well, maybe I want to kind of figure out how to do it my own way. Or, hey, I do want to join the group today. But tomorrow, I'm not logging into the Facebook group. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, because I think that's important, too, because there is a pressure as a there parent. Is. You know, I'm on, on this, uh, fa- actually, speaking of Facebook, the stay-at-home dads group. And I tend to learn a lot about that, think, thinking about that. I hadn't thought about that because I saw a post where somebody said, his kid was um, diagnosed with autism and he was just kind of talking about like somebody was like, well, there's this group. And he's like, no, actually, I just wanted to talk about it with all you guys. Right. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to actually hear the opinions of of people who don't, whose kid isn't like it hasn't been diagnosed. Right. You know, which I think is kind of interesting because Make, yeah, know. makes me think of my dad. My, me and my dad have this uh, this Volkswagen 1967 crew cab Volkswagen that's a car show or a show car. It was like my car in high school, and he like fully restored it. And I'm like, hey, dad, are you going to all the big Volkswagen shows now? And he's like, oh no, I hate them. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's just a bunch of dudes who all own the same cars talking about how their car is better than the other ones and just shitting on each other. And he's like, I like to go to the Chevy and Ford shows because I like those cars and my car sticks out. Yeah, it's definitely. You know, and so it's like, it's kind of like that. It's like uh, you you can go join the car or that you can go join that parenting group, but then everyone's just kind of yelling the same thing sometimes. Right. Other times, when it's a nice small group, you can really learn. Yeah, or it can make you feel good. Sometimes it's nice to go talk. Yeah, Yeah, sometimes it's good to go to that car show and be with the other owners. But sometimes it's also nice to. to to get feedback from someone who's completely different, yeah, that totally. that looks at it in a completely different way. Right. That's why I, I mean, yeah. Oh, personally, yeah, I just a thought on that is like, 
if you're on the spectrum, you already want to be an individual. So like for me, I'm like, I'm not a joiner. Don't ask me to join. And also like thinking that you could be the representative of of like an entire group. Like I'm queer, but that doesn't mean I can speak for all queer single moms. with like a student who's autistic. Like I wouldn't even think to do that. And I don't want to do that. So yeah, I, I push back on that pressure to represent in any type of way, but I'm happy to have conversations with somebody who wants to know more from like an educational perspective, not from like a like let's look in the cage at the monkey and like oh that's right, funny right. and different. Oh, see, that's you 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 picked up on the vibe I was talking about earlier about yeah. saying like this is the future. In a sense, you could then yeah. it becomes mm, an object of mystification right. uh-huh. instead of a human being. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? So I think it's but. This has really been interesting. I guess we should kind of wrap it up. We've been going yeah. over an hour. Yeah. But um, <laughs> this is a great... Marissa, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with Thanks us for... open and honestly. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. This is I appreciate really the space to do so. This is yeah. great. It's very cool. Yeah. And, uh, so you're... You you know, we didn't... Ask, you, live, you live around here, right? I don't, actually. I'm, oh. I'm looking to maybe live around Well, here, she's so. in, she lives in Portland, but oh, okay. not in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, we forgot to go over that at the beginning. Yeah. I, I always Can you f- list your address, phone it number? Com- no, it's just like <laughs> it comes to the end of the podcast, and I'm like, shit, we forgot to ask each other. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? I probably should have just left it, let it go. We can put my social security and bank information <laughs> oh. in the show notes. Oh, Perfect. man. Perfect. Oh, dude. Oh, I got such a great crank call today. I got the, your social security number. Oh, yeah. Has oh, been. Oh, God. Yeah, right? And then I, call, I put it on speakerphone so Lachlan could hear me. Mm-hmm. And I went and I hit one, and he said, Hello, sir. How are you doing? Right. It was an Indian dude. And he goes, my name is John Thomas. <laughs> and, and you I, go, no, it's not. And I, and I said to him, John Thomas, how can you help me? I'm terrified right now. <laughs> and he hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not any fun. He knew Just I wasn't going to fall for it. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I don't know how we got down that one. But is there anything else that you wanted to say, Marissa, before we go? I think this is, I mean, really, it's like tip of the iceberg. So maybe yeah. we circle back in a year and report back. I cool. like it. That's a cool. good idea. This yeah, was cool to, to talk back. about. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I want to say to you, one thing I was thinking about when we took a break before J-Day, which people won't notice because I'm going to edit it out. Um, but <laughs> when you were talking about Xander mm-hmm. and saying it has problem with empathy, I wanted to say this to you. When I first met Xander, I noticed that, mm-hmm. right? But I've come to think that Xander has a ton of empathy. And in my case, I th- I've noticed sometimes I think maybe he has a bit too much that he doesn't know how to express it. So he pushes against it and it appears as if he doesn't have it. Mm. And because I think that Xander is a very feeling kid. I've seen, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I get a real great vibe off loving, beautiful vibe off of him. I don't get a vibe of... Uh, like um, coldness or anything like that, you know. Maybe it's because I'm like I can vibe with him in that sense, mm-hmm. but I just think he's on his. He's doing his own. He just has his own way of expressing it, and it's internalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem is the internal coming out, right? Like that's where the where it the issue has happens, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I just wanted to say that before we go, just to say something nice about Z Dog. Yeah, you, you're probably right. I mean, a lot of those 
times that he loses it is I think it's a, it's an overwhelming yeah, feeling yeah. of emotion overload and yeah. he doesn't know how to put it out and yeah. through OT uh, I always say it short uh, through occupational therapy through behavioral therapy he has made huge leaps and bounds and we also see this chiropractor who does muscle testing on him yeah his like change Xander's life immensely. Xander was having to go to Dr. Ben two times a week, I believe, every week. And now Dr. Ben's last appointment said Xander is doing so good that he doesn't have to come back for two months. And Xander was like thrilled because wow. he doesn't fantastic. necessarily like to go. But the amount of improvement that we saw from him is like night and day. That's awesome, dude. Maybe we should have a guest come on and talk about muscle testing. It's the coolest that thing. That shit is so fucking rad. Right. Yeah. I don't know what it is, so I'd be learning something. Oh, man. <laughs> it's good. That's cool. I think I have the perfect person to bring on, too. All Maria, right. I know you're listening. You're coming on. <laughs> muscle tester, get ready. Yeah. Cool. Well, Marissa, thank you so much. I love the hell out of you. And, I love you, too. Um I'm really excited for us to have another big holiday together and get to yes. spend some close time together once this is all over. But I yes. just think the world of you and I think you're an amazing mom and I look up to you all the time. So good job to you. Thanks, bro. Yeah. All righty. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. Yeah. What do we, do we want to end? How are we going to end the podcast? Well, um, are you coming back next week? Or... No, next week I'm going back to Mine Hunter. Okay, so then we'll probably have another guest next yes. week. Okay, and uh, I bl- well, I was supposed to talk to uh, one of my favorite dads, Rad Lad, Rad Lad the dad, Rad Lad the dad, and that was supposed to be in two weeks. But I'll talk to him and see if I can't bump right. that up a week. Cool. But um, so yeah. you'll be back there. And in the meantime, follow us on the Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Two N O T S O R A D S. Instagram, Inst- or yeah, <laughs> or at <laughs> Gmail, mixing mix up the Gmail and the Instagram, <laughs> or at Gmail, it's yeah. the same thing. Two not so rad dads yeah. with the number two at Gmail or Instagram, and um, leave us a like and mm-hmm. a review. We yes. haven't seen many of those coming in. We yeah, give us a review. Those, let's get some reviews in. You know, you don't have to write much; just write nice things. We love it. Till yeah. then, peace Until out. Then. That's it. Peace. Podcast is over. Done. Bye-bye. Can I go pee now? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I think I'm going to take a hit of weed. Yeah. Thank you, Marissa. Thanks, Marissa. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. awesome. Okay. I'll Bye. talk to you guys later. Cool. Bye. Nice meeting you. <laughs>